Ring, ring with Renny Revis. Hello and welcome to the show. We've got someone very special with us today. Someone you may or may not know. But don't worry, we'll explain all the inside jokes. Just sit back and enjoy the voyeurism, folks. It's Ring, Ring with Renny Revis. Hey there. I'm currently being held hostage by the sounds of construction, pressing record whenever the neighbor's jackhammering stops. With no sight of Clive Owen or Denzel Washington to talk them down, I'm held captive. So let's cut the intro. No chainsaw required. Today's guest is my longtime friend, Sean Cardamone. He's executive chef and co-owner of The Walrus and the Hedgehog, a full-service catering company based in Altadena, California. All of their ingredients are sourced from local farmers and used in dishes inspired by what's in season. Take it from me, Yelp, or many happy brides and grooms that their food is yumlicious. Personally, I'd recommend their sandwiches, pies, cookies, and whatever meat entree you let Sean play with. At this time, you can order some a la carte items on their website, thewalrusandthehedgehog.com. The bread and the cookie dough are both perfect, and please keep them in mind the next time we can all safely party. Sean's been in my orbit since high school, having been the slightly older friend of my friends. I associated gothy, cool, straight guys with indifference and misogyny, both very trendy at the time and all the times. Under the tats has always been what I'll call the Bowie throughline, a warmth that doesn't tame the testosterone but actually enhances it. Listen up, British songwriter Nick Lowe. It's cool to be kind. We once modeled Hot Topic outfits together at a shitty Battle of the Bands show with the promise of getting free clothes out of it. He wore a plaid skirt and nothing else. When it came time to receive payment, we were only offered Hurley t-shirts. What's the 411? Here's some info that'll help eavesdroppers better understand our conversation. Sean married his pretty as 10 Selena's wife, Catalina Huerta, late last year. Content warning, genital injury is the focus of our chat today. If you need something lighter, may I suggest episode 5 which covers train suicides? In describing the circumstances of Sean's horrific injury, he mentions a cat. I know it had something to do with this, but the cat doesn't come up again. Truly, this cat in the room is the elephant in the room. I had to know what Midgey the fluffy 16-year-old rescue cat had to do with breaking Sean's penis. Sean later explained that Midgey suddenly rubbed up against his legs while engaged in the motions of passion. And in attempting to avoid hurting the geriatric Gatto, he adjusted his footing on the slippery floor and fell downward hard, while his penis was still partially locked in. That's it. I'm not letting the cat watch anymore. Cedar sinai Hospital borders Beverly Hills. To give you an idea of their patient demographic, I'm gonna read what Google displays under People Also Ask. <clears throat> How many celebrities have died at Cedar sinai Shannon is Sean's business partner. They've been friends for decades. Happy birthday, Shannon! Please let me know if you hate it that I still call you shenanigans. Mr. Huerta, is that you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, Sean. How's it going, Ray? Good. Sorry I assumed your married name. Well, the truth of the matter is that I assumed that that was going to be the case. Yeah? But no, no, her father's very traditional, and so she took on 
Catalina Ruth Huerta Cardamon. All right. If you say it with a Spanish accent, Cardamon really fits well. Yeah, Cardamon. <laughs> I mean, I honestly was hoping to gain the Huerta onto my last name just so mm-hmm. that I could claim to be a true Angelonian, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, my last name means nothing really in particular. <laughs> it just literally means one who trades in cardamom. <laughs> so we were spice traders. Could have been a lamer spice. Like alum. God, why? That's not even <laughs> no. <laughs> I believe as of last year, it's the second most expensive spice on the planet. Only second to Mr. Saffron, I guess. Yeah, just stealing little penises off of flowers. <laughs> That's exactly what that is. Is their statement? Oh yeah. They go through and they pluck the three penises that every flower gets, which I find to be unfair, anyways. <laughs> And that's why it's so expensive, is because it's impossible to harvest in any logical way other than just tweezers. <laughs> Don't check me on that. Plants and animals, when they have some kind of appendage, they all have their own special names, but come on, stop messing around. It's just a penis. Penises are expensive. That's all it is. Yeah. Yours probably has been. How's it doing? Oh, I mean, it's kind of like... Uh... Having your best friend leave town and his doppelganger move in. And he's an awful roommate? No, I mean, not as cuddly. I don't know. Boys have a very special relationship with their penises, as I'm sure sure every single one has told you. (laughs) Any boy that I've plucked the flower of, yes. (laughs) As you should, just tear it right off. (laughs) Too soon. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. No, nothing got torn off as much as snapped in half. Yeah. But it's one of those things where, you know, I joked about having broken my penis. I joked about it so much that Mm -hmm. when I called Shannon, because all of our funds are connected through the company, Mm -hmm. and basically I was like, hey, we need to move some money around because I broke my penis. And she was like, so are you not going to be able to fill the orders tomorrow? (laughs) And I was like, no, this is serious. (laughs) And she goes, okay, yeah, but are you going to be able to walk? And I was like, Shannon, I'm going into surgery in 30 minutes. (laughs) And she goes, Oh, <laughs> it was an interesting experience, Joshua. Mm-hmm. He actually <laughs> saved the day. That's um, amazing. For the well, boy who cried penis. Oh, God. That's exactly what happened, though. Josh was the only one who probably would have believed me. Uh-huh. Um, so let's rewind a little bit. Yeah. Um, Kat and I, you know, we had a eight-year relationship 10 years ago. Yeah. And then we broke up and lives went on. Sure. So we both... At the time of the break of the penis, had gone through recent breakups. And she had told me about having an idea for a short film, which was essentially a Hispanic version of La La Land. Okay. Sort of like, no, this is how it really is in L.A. (laughs) You know. Chinatown is not that cleaned up. Exactly. Um, This is going to take place in East L.A., you know. When the traffic is that bad and you're dancing on the cars, they're all like early 2000. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, not every single storefront is a brand name or some kind of (laughs) high-end hat or tennis shoe store. Oftentimes, it's boarded up or a check-cashing place. But we all do know Ryan Gosling, so that one checks out. Yeah, I mean, we're all friends with our friend Ryan. Ryan, as we call him. (laughs) Yeah, Ryan. Anyway, so (laughs) she tells me about this project. I thought it was interesting. And so we kind of got involved in it. And eventually, I was like, okay, I've been in love with this woman since forever. I mean, since I was 19. Yeah. I'm starting to feel the feels and what have you, and we've yeah. gone into the weirds. <laughs> it's gone from I, the feels to the weirds. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So I tell her, hey, we need to have dinner, you know, and not talk about working on the project. She says, yeah. And so 
that night, I'm like, what do you want? And she says, all the things that she wants in life. And I'm like, I want you. And then, of course, I put on the most appropriate song I could think of, Ghost Town by <laughs> Kanye West. And that went well. At the time, she's house-sitting for her friends. I come over the next night, and uh-huh. we have a meeting about the project. Immediately after, we decided to celebrate with a little bit of tequila. And Ghost Town. You always have to involve Kanye in your love <laughs> endeavors. Anyway, so we had sex all over this beautiful apartment and we're in the kitchen and kitchen floors you know they get a little bit slippery and these people had been taking care of her cat since her and her previous boyfriend had broken up man john you are setting up a rube goldberg oh, i yeah, am it's... so uncomfortable oh you know this about me Renny. uncomfortable i know well man. i assumed you didn't break your penis in a charcuterie accident it would be something like this well the funniest thing is is that i called my mother from the hospital and i told her what happened and she called the rest of my family like sean broke his penis she did not inform them that it was with cat but two Mm -hmm. out of the three family members that she called immediately responded with is cat okay oh no we had not been together for 10 years but immediately they were like there's only one person is so break worthy she's got to be the break worthy one exactly anyways we're doing this in this kitchen things happen and basically i hear a snap like, oh. i don't know it's like if you've ever broken a bone in your body that's oh a God. very severe fracture Imagine that, but the bones made of jello. And I just grab a hold of it and fall down, and I'm looking at my little best friend quickly just swell up and turn purple. And I'm lying on these people's living room floor now, pants around my ankles, holding this thing, and I just go, Josh, we need to call Josh. I mean, usually. Well, I think he trained in some kind of nurse. Oh, yeah. I see where mine went now, but at first I was like, okay, maybe he holds his penis and thinks of Josh sometimes. On occasion, I mean, since that happened, (laughs) I've held my penis many times and just been like, thanks, buddy. You're the greatest. (laughs) So I call him and I tell him what happened, and I was like, maybe I'll wait this thing out. No. Josh immediately says, get yourself to the hospital. So... I don't want to call an ambulance. I don't want to involve any extra people in it. So I pull on my very tight jeans over my now broken member, and I call a lift. Wow. And I end up at Cedar Cyanide in Hollywood. Of all places to be, that'd be a good one. yeah. I mean, I was in a full suit, so they think I'm some kind of a coke addict, you know. (laughs) They're just looking at me like, no, buddy, you're going to wait for, you know, hours. And finally, I just (laughs) bugged them and was like, my opinion, you know. In that neighborhood, they're probably used to really well-dressed, whiter gentlemen showing up with accidents that only happen during experiences of pleasure. (laughs) Well, that's what I suspected. Unfortunately, the person on call was just a new guy as oh, far as no. urologists were concerned. And he looks at me and he says, we need to operate right now. Otherwise, oh. you're going to lose your penis. Oh, it, oh, I said, no, buddy. I need the resident guy. Yeah. You know, the main guy. I need someone else to look at my penis, which I know I've been saying that my whole life, but this time I meant it. <laughs> I'm not paying anyone for this. Really. But in the hours it took for that guy to wake up and answer his phone, oh, they hours. kept hours. I'm oh. lying in the hospital bed, and they kept saying, can we just put you under and get it started? Uh, no. No. <laughs> and oh. they're like, we've got to operate now. And I kept saying, no, you're, you're not doing this. Finally, the guy shows up, and he looks at me, and he goes, you're going to be fine. We are going to operate, but you're going to be fine. We're going to operate to oh. double check. I'm like, okay, thank you. Yeah, that was the initial trauma. But then there were the oh. weeks afterwards where having to take a shower meant very meticulous oh. of the bandages. 
you know, my brother was like, how's it going? I say, mm. oh, well, you know, there's stitches around it. And so Frankendick is my nickname now. Oh, did you have to sit down when you bathed? So no, not necessarily. I just had to do it very carefully. They have this weird mesh wrap that they put around any surgical wound. Yeah. Whether they told me or not how to take care of it after the surgery, I don't remember it because I've never been put under. Mm. And it affected me super bad. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't remember anything. I do know as a result of somebody who I was on the phone with when I was in the recovery area Mm -hmm. that I called the nurse, Nurse Ratchet. (laughs) (laughs) That's wonderful. (laughs) No, well, I mean, she was rough with me, but um, (laughs) I was unfortunate. We're talking about in the middle of COVID times. Yeah. This poor nurse is like, this is the last thing I want to deal with. 30s white guy with a broken dick. Well, if you couldn't remember it, I think she had some understanding that this man might not mean it right now if he's mm-hmm. delirious. Yeah. It was a scary event. It oh. only got scarier when I finally had the goal to look up that surgery online. Oh, I'm glad you took a minute before you did. It took me about a week, but then, of course, yeah. every single time I had to do anything, I just had these images of them pulling my urethra out like a rubber band. You can't unsee that. No, you can't. And not to mention the oh. fact that the surgery was entirely exploratory to make sure that I hadn't cracked my urethra. Yeah. And, and they told me afterwards, like, oh, you hadn't cracked me, you know, Good. but at the same time, the surgery wasn't 100% necessary. <laughs> so, yeah, I was now engaged to my now <laughs> wife and was not allowed to use my penis for a right. further six weeks. Yeah. How did you urinate? Very carefully, a lot of, <laughs> with a lot of shouting. Oh um, I mean, everyone knows what kinds of post-urination. You got your jiggle and mm-hmm. super, super careful. You do the dab. With mm-hmm. me and having a post-op stitches situation, mm-hmm. every single time I had to pee, it was an event. <laughs> you know, it's like ice sculpture. You've got to be real careful here. Oh, yeah. It, more along the lines of like when I'm making sausage. Okay. You have to sterilize <laughs> and sterilize and sterilize and mm. make sure that there's nothing in there, you know, or making cheese for that matter. All utensils have to be sterile. And then if mm-hmm. somebody walks in the room and looks at it funny, you have to re-sterilize it. Otherwise, you're going to get some kind of extra, you know, that's the way I had to look at it was yeah. fuck up my dick cheese. Ooh. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's okay. Megma's got nothing on it. Unsterilized post-op penis. <laughs> Let me just say, I appreciate you sharing this so much, and it sounds so painful, and being that I don't have a penis, I'm very aware that this is hard for a man to hear. I think most people don't know somebody who's gone through this. You'd be surprised, actually. Yeah? I have since then met one female who had it happen to her boyfriend, mm-hmm. but on the internet, on chat rooms, if those still exist, oh, yeah. but there's nothing. <laughs> Nobody talks about it. The largest gathering of stories has been on a show called Sex Sent Me to the ER. You had suggested to me. I couldn't bring mm-hmm. myself to watch that show, though. No, no, don't, please. Anybody on a TLC show needs real help, no matter what the show is. Yeah. It's about little people hoarding all of it. There was that one that was, what was it? Something about strange compulsive eaters. Yes. These people, they don't need a reality show. They need therapy. Exactly. You're spooning cornstarch into your mouth compulsively <laughs> and hiding it in your car door's lining. Let's film it. How about take the budget for the show and put it into therapy? <laughs> Seriously, it's clearly not an eating disorder. Yeah. Or pay <laughs> off know. the family members that encourage that shit. Like, they're just sitting back, 
oh, we see her eating dryer lint day after day. Yeah. Yeah, you do? Really? Uh, okay. Um, well, has anyone x-rayed her stomach, you know, or his, to be honest, because the dryer lint thing would definitely be a male fetish. You find <laughs> most people who come in contact with dryer lint most of the time <laughs> wouldn't have anything to do with it. But a male who only watched his mother handle it and had some serious mommy. <laughs> oh, yeah. You just Sherlock Holmes, this lint fetish guy. Honestly, that's the way I see the world is, you know, okay, this person is doing this thing that I find to be odd. It's not mm-hmm. odd. It's a fetish. Yeah. I would like to know how this experience was for Kat. First of all, she helped me through every step of the way. Mm-hmm. That being said, that night... I did the ultimate, ultimate new relationship slash recently broke up mistake. Let me think. Um, Sex in a position that is really not good for you? No. We're talking the one that happens on sitcoms. After the break happens and I'm in pain and I go into delirium, I called out the wrong name. Oh, no! (laughs) Yeah. So the previous time I had gone into shock, which had been recently, actually, because the COVID pandemic, it's been not too kind to me as far as accidents are concerned. I had gotten one of my chef's knives directly into my knee, quite deep, and I ended up on the ground calling this person's name. Yeah. Anyways, my shock-addled brain Mm -hmm. just went into (laughs) automatic mode. Yeah. And I didn't do it once. I did it like four or five times. Oh. I don't remember doing it. So I rode to the hospital by myself, not knowing why. (laughs) John, if your relationship could handle not using your penis when you get together right away and become very injured and call out the wrong woman's name, you are destined for each other. I mean... Smooth sailing, man. To be honest, I came home from the hospital and Shannon... She came in the room with Kat, like, we need to have a powwow. We talked about it. And you're still delirious, right? Aren't you, like, calling to ratchet? Yeah, I've never taken painkillers, so I wasn't used to that. We had the powwow, and basically her and Kat managed to come to a conclusion that I managed to agree to, and then for the rest of my recovery period... Her name was printed out and on my wall. <laughs> Three letters, Sean. It's not too bad. Well, Catalina Huerta. Oh, yeah. you did the whole thing? Okay. Uh, absolutely. That's, that and, takes some studying. I mean, other than that minor obstacle. Yeah. Well, you uh, retained more than I did in Spanish in high school, so good uh, on you. Barely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I learned more Spanish in kitchens in Los Angeles than I did in high school. Hey, and Spanish you can use. Oh, kitchen. yeah. That's what they speak with each other. Yeah, and I know how to tell people that I'm taking out the garbage. Awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, but, you know, she was the most understanding. And we came up with a policy that she mm. actually at first didn't agree with. But I was like, just because my sex life with my penis is over doesn't mean that yours has to. So I made sure to handle her situation literally as much as possible. It's so considerate. You should never expect reciprocation mm. every time or you will be disappointed. And then you're also not doing it because it's out of love. It's out of expectation like you do me. I do you. Absolutely. That's a real show of love, I think. Just because this is the way it is now doesn't mean we have to be equally miserable. (laughs) Exactly. That's exactly the way I feel about it. Not to mention the fact that when I first started dating her, that was before they had any 
at least well-known books about female sexuality, mm-hmm. uh, studies done by women for women. Before that, it had all been the female reproductive organs as, you know, an analog for the penis, which, yep. you know, to a degree, but not really. It's not more yep. complex. It's just a different story. Yeah, it's a different you know? story. Like, oh, there's a button there. <laughs> it's a little bump. No, it's like a face hugger. It's an alien face hugger backwards. Uh, I consider it to be a much kinder thing, personally. Yes, I just mean the parts <laughs> that we don't see. It's more than a bump. Yeah, it's like a glowworm with wings. You know, you just would <laughs> press the button, but everything else can light up. You can squeeze it at any point. You just got to squeeze the right points. And <laughs> don't get me wrong. I mean, you shouldn't squeeze too tight at any point. Everybody's different. It reminds me of those toys like Teddy Ruxin where you squeeze the hand and then it wakes it mm-hmm. up. Like, oh, hello. Mm-hmm. I love you. Blink, blink. And, you know, sometimes you have to squeeze the hand and you say, I love you. And sometimes you squeeze the hand and he says, not today. Uh-huh. His batteries are low, so you just need to give him a back rub. That's what exactly. he really wants. Exactly. you got to rub those double A's. <laughs> anyway, mm-hmm. luckily... All of this had happened at a point where I had already read a couple of books that I think are essential reading for men, even though they were written for women. Oh, that's the one you want to read and the porn you want to watch, guys. Oh, yeah. (laughs) If you want to know what to do. (laughs) When you're in your late 30s and you're a white male and you suddenly realize that, no, you don't have all that much to offer. And And you didn't get the Latino last name, so I hear you. (sighs) Oh, my God. To not get that. But yeah, the two books, every man, I think, needs to read, especially white men in their 30s, because they need to learn how to be more fucking compassionate and think about somebody other than themselves, is Mm. She Comes First, Mm -hmm. not written by a woman, but also Mm -hmm. Come As You Are. It's written for women about the female body makeup. I've read it twice, and every dude I know who's having issues with his girlfriend, I'm like, hey, (laughs) I know you're talking about emotional things, and that's great. Read this book. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Do you think it would help people who are not attracted to women, too? I think so. Just in interacting with Mm -hmm. the opposite gender, but also just really being able to absorb it and realize that your experience is not only not the norm, Mm -hmm. but it's nothing like anyone else. This is some good reading. I like this book club. Yeah, I mean, there's another one that's called Becoming Clitorate. If there's a pun in the title, I'm already sold, even if you didn't tell me it was good. Mm -hmm. I got on a journey of exploring that, especially now that what was at one point in my mind the focus Clearly, every woman's sexual universe was my penis was now gone. Yeah. I had to realize, hey, that's not the focus. <laughs> oh, my God. And maybe they might even get more enjoyment without it. This sounds like a Freudian dream, but it really happened to you. Oh, yeah. Well, my mom wasn't involved. <laughs> well, maybe Nurse Ratchet represented a mother figure. Possibly. But to be honest, it was a very humbling time. Yeah. And, you know, no one wants to talk about it. My father, he never wanted to talk about my penis anyways, no matter how much I bugged him. But, <laughs> Daddy, yeah, let's have a talk. <laughs> Daddy, let's talk about my wee-wee. <laughs> Luckily, my brother was there. Yeah. He came and picked me up from the hospital. And, oh, uh, good. Apparently, when I was delirious, I just told him all the things. Mm. So he got used to it and immune to it before I even came back to real life. Yeah. Everyone who knows me knows that I have a long history of oversharing. (laughs) Well, most men that I've met in my life don't open up enough. So thank you for making up for that. You're very welcome, Renny. (laughs) (laughs) Now get on my knee and tell Daddy all about your penis. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) 
I just watched the second half of your wedding. Thank you okay. for sending me that. Yeah. So sweet. I love that. It's so much laughing and crying. <laughs> oh, if you really look at my face the whole time, I look like I ate a really, really sour thing. <laughs> I had no idea that the same face I make when I bite into a lemon is the face I make when I am fighting back tears. Oh, tear joy is not usually the angle wedding photographers go for. I agree with that, but we didn't really have a wedding photographer. We had six people, myself, Shannon, your brother, Kat, and Stephanie, and then David Mm -hmm. Archer, Mm -hmm. which seemed like an odd choice, but Mm -hmm. turned out to be the best choice ever. We just got a house out in the middle of Joshua Tree. All I needed was a place with a view. You know, David got ordained, and Mm -hmm. we went out there, and my brother set up his camera, and Shannon set up my M50, and we just had at it, you know? (laughs) Gorgeous. It reminded me of the feeling of being on a playground because you hear people laughing, but then there's also crying like somebody skimmed their knee. Mm-hmm. It's all nostalgic. The yeah. sweet playground nostalgia that I felt watching that. I'm glad that you say that. Because, you know, I was very much the bride in this whole situation. After I got that recording uploaded onto YouTube, I was like, hey, I know you. I'm going to send you this video and share in our love. Yay. Um, Which I would assume only about 50% actually watched it. I love it. I love watching you gorgeous hyenas laughing, (laughs) being natural and smiling. You know, I got to be honest. Right when Kat and I, Mm -hmm. you know, I told her that I was still in love with her. We hugged and all that stuff. And then she looked up at me and said, do other people get to have this? I was like, fuck, I don't know. <laughs> if you listen to every single pop song ever, no. Must just be us. Well, congratulations. I think it's wonderful. And I love that you have an evolved love because it has gone through so much time and there's nothing that can replace that. You've had it together. Got it together. <laughs> <laughs> time happened and then you yeah. got it together. Yeah. I mean, she was very much put together and I was just kind of wandering in like, hey, I just figured my shit out a year ago. <laughs> hey, you the one to cuddle. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I have been to probably thousands of weddings being yeah. a caterer. <laughs> True. I, you know, there have been all right ones. I've been to two since COVID happened, my oh. own, and one that they had paid a large amount of money for a big wedding. It was going to be big and elaborate. Finally, oh. it was like, let's take the half of the budget that you've already paid and put it into a fine dining, eight-course dinner for 10 of your Whew. friends in your front yard, and we're going to oh, just man. have at it. Go ham. That's amazing. Oh, it was actually one of my favorite weddings I've ever catered. Because we sure. were allowed to be as creative as we wanted to be. Oh, my God. And it was delightful. It was like going into one of Willy Wonka's rooms. Do anything. Exactly. And that's what they said. They were very adventurous people when it came to food. And nice. And all of us got to just really flex. <laughs> During COVID times, everybody's like, can we order bread from you? You know, <laughs> oh, we'd like some delivered meals. Can we have the steak again? Yeah. Uh, COVID has stripped down our priorities. We want love and food. And we yeah. want good versions of each. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I've seen some love stories happen during COVID that have been great. Mm-hmm. Also, I've seen a lot of people discover that they had not found love in their partners. You know, yes. it's a test, but it's also been good. They might not know yes. it now. It, yeah. it was probably better off. Really get to know somebody, best of times and the worst of times. You know, I just made that up. Mm-hmm. Um, are you living together right now? Yes. Yeah, so That's great. We had the formation of our company, Shannon, Travis, and I, yeah. way back five years ago. And... At that time, it was decided that I would move into the household. Shannon purchased the house from her mother. That's great. I was really wondering how that Mm -hmm. arrangement went, because I love that place. Oh, it's fantastic. 
For years, Shannon had helped me, and I had turned part of the garage into a private Sean Fridge. No, I lived there. Oh. I didn't want to interact with the rest of the renters in the house. Oh, no. I thought it was a walk-in fridge you guys got. Yeah, that's on the other side of okay. the garage. It was a, <laughs> there was a divider. A nice wall and a very well put together curtain. That curtain means a lot when you need privacy. <laughs> Absolutely. And for the longest time, I was asked, you know, you could move into one of the rooms in the house, and I'd, you know, oh, I don't need, I live here at work anyways. Um, <laughs> Chad and I got married, and the upstairs room was vacant. Okay. After about two weeks, she looks at me and she goes, no. And I said, <laughs> okay. She's like, there's a master bedroom upstairs. I think we need to start renting that room. And I, okay, all right, I have to deal with living with human beings. Okay, <laughs> but it's the best choice we've made. Yeah. Love it up there. Better than moving into the walk-in fridge. Essentially. We've put so much blood, sweat, and tears into this house. I mean, mm-hmm. Shannon and I, I mean, the first two months of COVID, we redid the entire kitchen. I you know. know. I was going to ask you, you know, talking about working wood, I keep thinking, how is there, <laughs> how is there a way that's not quite where I can be like, so about that woodwork. Oh, well, you know, it was the only wood I could work for a good long exactly. time. How much wood could a wood... You know, it came out of necessity. Yeah. We couldn't hire anybody to come in and do all the little things. It's safer to avoid that anyway. So you were working in the kitchen. Basically, the one thing I haven't been able to shake from having grown up being a middle-class white male is the overabundance of confidence. Sure, you're raised on this platform your whole life. I just can't get rid of it. Yeah. It went from, we're going to redo the kitchen to, oh, yeah, we need an island. Oh, yeah, I can do that. I had Uh-oh. never done that before. Oh, I had not. No, it turned out great. It took way longer. Uh-huh. <laughs> Shannon I mean, said she was going to tile the entire backsplash. When it came time for her to do that, she did it in two days. Oh, my God. Whereas all these other things I did over the course of months and months. Hey, it happened. <laughs> Everybody had a hard time getting anything accomplished. You have the best excuse. Oh, global pandemic. You know, it well, took a little yeah. longer. Yeah, and most of the wood that I was using was from the floorboards. Like, we weren't buying lumber very much. We were just Uh using the floorboards that had been originally put in the house in 1919. Wow. And just stripping them from the years and years of laminate. (laughs) And it turns out they were all redwood and termite resistant. We're like, yeah, we're going to use this. Anyways, they did boring stuff, but it was exciting (laughs) for me, man. Yeah. I'm really excited about wood finishing now. (laughs) Great. And I just saw your cat coffin. That might have taken a little less time. It looks great. Back at the beginnings of cat and my rekindling she had asked me to make coffin shelves for mm-hmm. her salon. So I kind of had yeah. the coffin thing down anyways. And, uh, <laughs> and she had a friend who showed her a Pinterest thing, and I was like, I can do that. Ah, for once, it great. wasn't braggiose bullshit. It was mm-hmm. like, oh, no, I can actually do that. I proved it before. Nice. <laughs> You're going to have your own Etsy store. I can see it now. <laughs> Everything I've built, at some point, people are like, so when's the Etsy store opening? Uh-oh. And I'm like, uh, I do have a trade. It might be youth right now because catering doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. People need to stop telling you you need to be on a bad reality show or a handicraft marketplace for girls who like talismans with Sailor Moon on them. Exactly. Oh, we have small dogs that live here now. B and Gidget. Nice. Anyway, I'm going to go run in what was my bedroom, but now (laughs) it's my wood workshop. Anyways, I wanted to ask you how your brother was doing. How's the family doing? Gosh, well, 
there's like no quick way to <laughs> my brother's doing okay and our favorite sperm donor elf here got covid with his wife and didn't tell us oh jesus oh. <laughs> they didn't tell us until they were better thank the lord for that i guess yeah, well, it's funny because I think, well, we don't want to bother them. But I mm. can tell you with 100% certainty that if it had gone tragically bad, I would have gotten a call from the hospital from his wife in broken English saying, uh, Altier has DNR? Yes? Oh. No. DNR? <laughs> like, oh. That would have happened. <laughs> oh, that stabs me right in the heart. Sorry. Oh, dear. I mean, our generation's parents are all just prime for that happening to us. Mm. Everyone I know so far has been lucky enough to not have to run into that experience as far as mortality, but it's just been... Ugh. Oh, I'm sorry, Sean. You lose Oh, time. no, it, it just has scared the hell out of me since the very beginning. My parents were moving from L.A. up to be near my sister right when it happened, and I was like, don't go on elevators. When yeah, you're walking yeah. down the stairs, don't touch the hand railing. <laughs> you know? It's like the anxiety of having a kid, but you feel that way about your parents now, like, no, what did I say? Stop playing with... No, put it down. Put it down. Exactly. No. It's not a generational thing. It's a don't do that. Mm -hmm. You are grounded. So oh, yeah. going to bingo. I wanted to ask you about something. Did yeah. you do stand-up comedy at a nudist resort? <laughs> Talk about what can we completely not do right now? Uh, close quarters with naked people. Something about old people dying made me think of a nudist resort. You know what? There were a couple of those. Uh -huh. It's Palm Springs. It's like 50% old people dying. Okay. It was wonderful. Good. You get the best tan of your life and it will ruin you for swim trunks. You will never want to wear those oppressive, well, for you. Yeah, I had a problem with them to begin with. They would just fly off. <laughs> yeah, you know, it happens. Yeah, when you're a toddler, not when you're a teenager. <laughs> Talking about feeling constricted when you have swim trunks on is nothing compared to your experience when you had to put on suit pants. My lord, this is how privileged I am. I had to come to terms with the fact that now I had to not only buy sweatpants, but wear them for the next oh. weeks. No, no. Because for me, it's either jeans or a suit. Yes. <laughs> Oftentimes, both in the same day, you know, I had to like, all right, well, if I'm going to buy sweatpants, who is cool that wears sweatpants? I don't know. <laughs> how do I get Kanye fresh? <laughs> Welcome so. to the fold, Sean. You're one of us now. <laughs> well, I had fought the whole wearing cozy clothes every day for mm -hmm. COVID. There was a lot of talk of like, oh, you know, you never have to dress nice. All that. No, my cleanliness regimen went up. All of that, it was very much like, I can actually pay attention to these things now and shave parts I've never shown before. Mm -hmm. And so suddenly I had to wear sweatpants, and this was the end of the oh. world. Aside from my penis <laughs> no longer working. I mean, truth be told, it never stopped working. Even after the surgery, unwanted oh, no. erections were oh, happening. Like, so sorry. when I was in high school, I got a number of what I thought were unwanted erections. Yeah. <laughs> this year I learned what a truly unwanted erection yeah. was. It's know? like having an incredibly important appointment, and you're waiting for your ride to show up, and the appointment has come and gone. It's over. And then your driver shows up. Like, no! Yeah. No, no, and then threatens to tear off your penis. But yeah, uh, yeah exactly, though. It's just, no, I don't need you to do Not that now. right now. It was quite frightening, especially during the beginning days, because you can feel every single stitch. Oh, and you're no, just, But now everything's better, you know. He just kind of looks to the side. Oh, so, so He just sorry. always looks like he's going, huh? Did you do any Homer Simpson think on sexy thoughts? Think on sexy thoughts? <sighs> I don't know how to do that. <laughs> Damn nearly impossible. No, I actually <laughs> did.
the real realization was how many things at least I watched mm -hmm. and kind of tolerated watching as a direct result of the sex appeal of the individuals. Wow. Like, I just stopped watching all of the stuff. I didn't care yeah. anymore. Nothing wow. about it. And then X-Files mm -hmm. was just hard to go back and watch. I was like, <laughs> X-Files. That's a, like, I remember childhood. Damn it, Scully, why do you got to yeah. say it that way? The truth is out there, but what it is is that Jillian Anderson was hot. Yeah, I was never a fan of the whole shoulder pad thing, but mm. uh, he managed to pull that off. Ooh. I got a deeper understanding of the Scully effect. <laughs> I had to really look into it. <laughs> so shoulder pads are always optional. They're kind of like raisins. <laughs> yeah, you don't need raisins. They're optional. <laughs> oh, unless you're going to have like one of those fruit and nut bars and need a little chew to go along with the crunch. But yeah. that bar doesn't need shoulder pads, so leave it alone. <laughs> I think I've given you every angle. Not every angle. It's not quite a right angle at this point. It's probably more of like a, I'd say a 35 degree. Oh. Uh, I'm getting better at my geometry now that I've actually been playing with wood that's not anatomical. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope everything's going good for you now. You guys are comfortable. Yeah, we're doing all right. We're making a go over it. I hope everything's all right with the family. Your brother probably doesn't remember me at all, but sent oh, of course my he love anyway. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> Wallace and the Hedgehog, you got all uh, good stuff. I've heard oh. about those cookies from people who don't even know you. Those are Shannon's cookies. Yeah, yeah see? Forget about it. You've never had a better chocolate chip cookie and no. it'll ruin chocolate chip cookies for you chocolate chip cookies just like a nudist resort will ruin clothing for you i dream of the day <laughs> all right sean I, mean, I hope that go ahead that was it <laughs> you don't want to hear the rest of that thought we're just going to okay, move on well, with the goodbyes <laughs> if it was about taking off your sweatpants i'm way ahead of you <laughs> well run I just called you Ren. I've never done that before. I, like I was it. I was holding back from calling you R Dog, which I used to call you back when I was a young twenty mm -hmm. something and thought that that was cool. Well, I will <laughs> still talk to you if you call me another woman's name. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm into it, like Dryerland. Honestly, I think the Dryerland fetish is probably more <laughs> likely than women being into men calling them other women's names. Absolutely, 100%. No contest. <laughs> I don't think that anyone's ever done a study, but I'm pretty sure, hands down, we don't need science for that one. Stop! No, no! This is a this, worthless test! This is pointless, you know, the way that they <laughs> felt about women's orgasms. It is a worthless <laughs> test. They don't exist. <laughs> it's just Jesus' pinky finger, and that's that. It's just pointing you in the direction of baby. <laughs> Jesus is pointing where the baby goes. <laughs> yeah, now put the baby there with your pleasure stick. That was the thing. Sex ed was always just men get erections yep. when happy things happen to them and then they ejaculate, mm -hmm. and it feels yeah. wonderful, and women have periods. Yeah, it's all about making babies, and they get to house them. You know, one day you will find a woman who will be a receptacle for yeah. your child. <laughs> I mean, I went to Catholic school. You were at least cool. somewhat lucky enough to go to public high school. Well, I went to a Christian school up until ninth grade. Oh, the real joys aren't lost <laughs> on you. Am I ready to have sex? If you're ready to die. <laughs> Sister, how do you know anything about sex, and why are you teaching a sex ed class? if you've never had sex. Right. None. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ours was a nun. <laughs> Let me tell you about a penis. Well, you look like one in black and white. <laughs> Anyways, I'll okay. talk to you later. <laughs> All right. Thank you had you a for calling. Me. Okay, I will. Much love. Bye-bye. Today's episode was brought to you by Ryan Gosling, a well-put-together curtain, and Jesus's pinky finger. Please stay on the line for our next episode with Andia Winslow. Mm -hmm.